Hey everyone, this is the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk about comics and comics culture, presented by Cape and Cal Comics. I am Rainier, your host today, joined by Henry Liu. Hello, hello. What's up, Henry? I feel like I haven't been here in a while. Yeah, it's good to see you, yep. as always. Dusting the old podcast voice. <laughs> there you go. All right, man. So today, we're going to talk about the toys that made us. Yes, this is indeed. a this is a documentary series on Netflix. Uh, it's a total of eight episodes. They originally released four episodes months ago. Yeah, and we did do an episode on those first four, but yeah. they have since released four more four new ones. Yeah, so the original yeah. ones were Star Wars, He Man, Barbie, and GI Joe. GI Joe. Yeah. So the the new series completing the eight docu series is Transformers, Star Trek, Hello Kitty, and... Lego. Lego. Yep. How can yep. I forget? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> this kind of appeared on Netflix kind of suddenly. You know, I don't think there was a whole lot of fanfare. It just kind of appeared there one day. and uh, Yeah, no warning. It just popped up. Right? Yeah. What's interesting is that the intro, when the first four episodes, um, you know, introed, uh, it says an eight part of the jingle is an eight part series, and so it was only four. So I know you and I were hungry for the additional four yeah. after we realized they only started with half of the series. Yeah, I felt like maybe they jumped the gun a little bit because that was there from the very beginning. Yeah. So everyone was thinking, well, where are the the other four, you know, and people were, I think, getting a little cranky thinking, like, did we just get screwed here or what? But now we have the full eight and I couldn't be happier. These are great. Yeah, they're great fun. shows. Yeah, eight is short, man. I feel like I could watch like 20 more of these episodes. Oh, totally. Okay, hey, you know, before we dive in more, I just want to give a shout out. Kind of exciting news. The Comic Sauce podcast is going to host a panel at a Comic-Con in August. Yeah, you've been busy, Henry. <laughs> yeah, getting the word out. Uh, so yeah, we're approved. We're on the schedule for the Toy Expo in Santa Clara on August 25th. Our panel is gonna be 10.30 to 11.30 a.m. So hope to see you there. You know, we're definitely gonna promote this a little more, but uh, this is sort of fresh news. I wanted to get the word out and um, yeah, this should be a lot of fun, right? Yeah, yeah. Henry, you've hosted a lot of panels here at uh, work. Yes. But this will be your first panel at a convention. Hell yeah. This will, be, this will be my first panel ever. This will be a first for all of us <laughs> uh, as, as a team, you know, and um, totally like like a bucket list sort of thing, right? You know, I mean, pretty exciting. Um, you know, the, the caliber of the show, you know, I think they're just kind of up and coming, but, you know, I expect a pretty good uh, turnout for uh, this convention. Our panel, you know, we'll see, <laughs> but there should be plenty of uh, attendees, so uh, this is exciting, you know, definitely. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. I'm looking forward to booking that entire room full of questions and comments. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. Uh, we'll definitely continue to get the word out and try to get as many of our peeps in the room for this panel, uh, but uh, yeah. What's, what's going to be the, uh, the theme of our panel? So the theme of the panel is already set, and it's going to be about podcasting, like how to start a podcast and kind of the mechanics behind it. Um, we're in there for an hour, so 
it could get a little dry for just talking about the how-tos and whatnot. So in my mind, we could have it be partially about that, but it might make it more fun if we just kind of do a podcast episode while we're there, you know, kind of do what we've been doing. I think that would work out. So maybe a combination of, uh, of a, like, a, like a workshop panel, how to podcast, but also doing what we've done for for quite a while now. Yeah, so I'm, like I'm curious if we're going to get, um, you know, f- other fellow podcasters in there and we'll, if they will be sending challenging questions our way. Oh, like a throwdown. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Podcast <laughs> showdown. Yeah. <laughs> let's go. I'm ready. All right. Okay, so let's uh, let's get into the toys that made us. The toys that made us. Yeah. Five through eight. Yeah. So this half of the season starts off with Transformers, something yeah. that's very near and dear to our hearts and almost all of our friends' hearts. Absolutely. That grew up in that era. Yeah, yeah. I think for for the two of us, certainly, this is the one of maybe all eight that we could sort of identify with. Now, Henry, yeah, yeah. Henry, did you have Transformer toys growing up? Absolutely. Absolutely. I had a lot, a whole lot. Yeah, same here, man. Sweet. Um, you know, well, we talked about this a little before we started recording, but some of this episode was stuff we knew already, but some of it was sort of eye-opening too. You know, there was some stuff that I certainly didn't know a whole lot about, you know, it was pretty cool to see that there was a really heavy influence from Japanese toy makers on Transformers toys, mm-hmm. right? So it's something I always kind of sensed. You know, when I was a kid, buying these toys, playing with these toys, I had this feeling like this stuff feels Asian. You know? Yeah, you know, I had the same feeling too when I was a kid. Like, how? Why? Why was that? I mean, why? Why is it that we had this feeling that it wasn't something of complete American origin? That there had there was some Asian influence, or yeah. you know, ma- there was a lot of Asian influence. Like, why? Why is that presence there? That's a really fascinating question, right there. You know, the packaging was in English, the cartoons were in English, the comic books were in English. And there wasn't really anything definitively Asian about it. And yet... There's no Asian characters, really, on the show, right? The main characters are... The two main human characters are white. Yeah, and the cartoon really is like an American cartoon, right? And yet, you know, you felt it, I felt it. I think everyone felt the fact that it just felt kind of Asian. And I don't know how we knew, but... The roots of Transformers is very Asian, specifically Japanese. You know, that was the kind of eye-opening part of the episode. These toys, you know, they weren't, I wouldn't call them Japanese rip-offs because the Japanese toy makers, as we found in this episode, were really heavily involved mm-hmm. in the, like, the U.S. push, the U.S. rollout, if you will, right? Uh, so it wasn't a rip-off. Um, but the molds of every single one of these Transformers toys was an existing Japanese toy mold, yeah, right? Yeah. So there was, I mean, in a way, very little, I don't know, originality from that perspective. Um, but certainly, like we've been saying, a huge 
Asian influence. Yeah, I mean, something that, you know, that's eye-opening for me, not knowing this as a kid, you know, you see this as a kid and it's like, oh, look at this great cartoon. I mean, that's the first thing you're exposed to is either the cartoon or the comics. For me, it was the cartoon. And it's because of the cartoon, that was the vehicle, no pun intended, (laughs) that inspired me to want to ask my parents to buy these toys for me. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's the complete opposite of how that's created it's the toy line that was created first yeah right and yeah. they needed a way to sell these toys and that's how the stories were created so it wasn't the story creating the toys it was the toys creating the story yeah yeah which is a lot of toy lines right that's that's how a lot of toys are made i mean like he-man is an example of that yeah uh star wars is not an example of that correct gi joe was like that gi joe was yeah. like that so it's not uncommon but it's cool how the episode uh, begins. Actually, every episode opens like this. It's like a reality shot of the time back then, and it's just a sliver of the creation of these toys. Yeah. And it's this guy that walks in with what looks to be Optimus Prime and also mm-hmm. what looks to be uh, Megatron. Right. And he hands it off to a writer, and he's like, here are these toys. Make a story out of it. Yeah. And that's that's pretty much the, the that's pretty much us. The, the Transformers we know you know, it was created that we know today. Yeah, fascinating. So you just highlighted another kind of eye-opening thing for me, and that was the connection to Marvel Comics. So that little dramatization you mentioned, that was uh, two Marvel Comics comics creators, Jim Shooter and Bob Budiansky, basically inventing the Transformers that we know. And when I say invent, you know, they didn't, they weren't part of the toy making process. Like I said, the molds were all from existing Japanese toy designs and um, they didn't have anything to do with the toy designs. But what they did do was name these characters and they, specifically this uh, Budiansky guy, he, he like fleshed out all the characterization, right? So. Um, under under really tight time constraints too they had an incredibly short amount of time to do this yeah. i think they had like a week to do it maybe less than that maybe less so yeah to pitch it uh yeah crazy <laughs> they're under a really tight deadline yeah he had this sort of now legendary notepad right where he was just kind of scribbling down different names you know fascinating stuff and, oh yeah, um, he shows the actual notepad too. Yeah, right. That's yeah, featured yeah, in the he show. Kept it. Yeah, which is awesome. Which is not encased in glass, which I'm surprised by. <laughs> right. I'm sure that's got to be worth something. He's got to like CGC that thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, he came up with the name Megatron, which that alone is like legendary. What a fucking great name for. I mean, everything. All these names fit: Cybertron, yeah. Megatron, Optimus Prime. I think Optimus Prime was the first. Was that the first character? I think that's the first character he named. I think so. I think all along they knew that this was going to be like the focal character. Um, but yeah, he named all of them and he created these profiles and everything, and like you said, in a pretty short period of time. So for me, it was super fascinating that Transformers is this really kind of beautiful intersection of toys, comics, cartoons, movies, and maybe most significantly of this cool international culture. You know, Transformers that we know is like this awesome melding of Japanese culture and American culture, if you think about it, right? 
it's pretty awesome. It's, it's really sort of, I, I feel really kind of happy about that. Yeah. You know, like yep. I grew up with this thing that was really this great collaboration of all these different types of media. And there was no like stealing or ripping off. Like that was a sense when I was a kid, like did they just like totally rip off like Japanese toys? And they didn't, this was like, this was a collaboration. And these Japanese toy makers, they made a lot of money and fame off of their work with Transformers, right? So a beautiful thing. Yeah, sure. I think the coolest thing is to this day, the original uh, creator of the toys in Japan it has has still a level of involvement yeah and it's it's a nice homage to the original creators of transformers mm -hmm. they're proud of it you know they're they're not like oh a bunch of greedy americans ripped us off which is sadly you know a kind of a common storyline right but this was just a great collaboration and it went back even further to like um like the roots of gi joe were actually kind of intertwined with the origin story of Transformers, right? Like the uh, the original American G.I. Joe molds, like those big, you know, 12-inch figures, those molds were used by Japanese toy makers to create, you know, some character over there, which later sort of led to robots and eventually Transformers, you know? So the history of it is is this kind of cool give and take between American culture and Japanese culture, and it's really cool. Yeah, you know, it's almost yeah. like um, the best of both worlds. It's like, you know, what does Japan do well? They they do robots pretty fucking well. You know, <laughs> robots is their thing, and they nailed it with these toys, right? And then with Americans, like y y we see what Hasbro did, right? Hasbro, like. What they did with G.I. Joe and the success there, they did a lot of the same here. They, they were smart. They used comics. They used cartoons. They used, um, you know, you could every maybe... Every vehicle every, I mean, of could, media you, could, you can imagine. You could say exploitation, but I think it was a brilliant move just using existing Japanese toys. And it's like, let's just give these toys names and characterization, and it really worked. It was, Awesome. The thing that really shined for me was I never thought about this as a kid playing with Transformers, but seeing it through the perspective of this documentary is that uh, it's a great toy for kids that does not undermine their intellect. If you yeah. think about how transforming them from vehicle to robot, from robot to vehicle, it really is a puzzle. It is. When's the last time you played with the Transformers? Has it been a while? <laughs> I actually have an old Transformer in my house that my son is playing with, <laughs> and it's been cool to see just the you know kind of what you're saying like working out a puzzle in his yeah. brain you know so the last time i transformed a transformer toy was when the first movie came out okay we got this big bumblebee thing it was like um i want to say it was like maybe a foot or a foot and a half tall okay uh, i had all these working electronics and uh the instruction man there was an instruction manual to show you how to transform it i think the original toys did they have that i can't remember i don't think i think you so. just had to figure it out yeah but like this had out. an instruction manual and my nephew at the time was like four mm -hmm. and he was well below the age uh <laughs> range for this toy right so he could not figure out how to transform this thing so i had to help him it's not but easy thinking about it now i'm like man that was actually kind of fun like trying to work this puzzle together with my nephew and it was just a fun like bonding experience mm -hmm. yeah yeah i think therein lies the brilliance of these toys they were kind of a puzzle and a toy at the same time right, right? And, and how smart those toys are made and built 
I mean, they that translated very well into the storyline of Transformers, right? I mean, it's, yeah. it's it's if you think about how deep the storylines are uh, in Transformers, look at the movie. Look how serious they took that movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, again, not undermining the intellect of, of kids, man. They made it smart. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot to be said about the creation of Transformers. Like, a lot of times you look at something, a show or a movie or whatever, comic book, and there's, like, kind of the sole person, right? Like, look at Walking Dead. Like, you can really point to Robert Kirkman as being, like, the, the guy, right? Um, but with Transformers, there's so many different brilliant creators. You know, you look at the original Japanese toy designers. You look at what Hasbro did, kind of rebranding these toys. You look at what the Marvel guys did in terms of creating the characters and the storylines and everything. It's really awesome. You know, there's different genius moves like all around so really cool to see yeah so what else can we say so a big part of that show was them highlighting the movie and right off the bat how they're like why would you kill i mean okay this is not a spoiler this movie's been around since how long (laughs) yeah and well when you say the movie a lot of people are gonna think oh i'm talking about the transformers cartoon movie the animated animated movie, movie not the michael bay movie which i think we should talk about too but we'll get to that later. We'll get to that later. <laughs> but we so the, have to talk about the animated movie because yeah. I think it is so awesome. I mean, it's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah. we're seeing, I mean, like, okay, so as a kid, being able to see Transformers, you know, upgraded from your home television to a big theater screen, that was a, that was a big thing. Huge. Yeah. And uh, they really went big with this movie by, man, killing so many characters, including... Yeah. Am I gonna am I gonna spoil this here? Is this a spoiler alert? <laughs> I think this movie's this been out for like this is like thirty the, some years. Yeah, this is like the Infinity War Transformers, basically, right? <laughs> That's exactly how I felt when I was revisiting this movie in my brain. It felt like the Infinity War of the Transformers universe. Yeah, right, very much so. Yeah. And I think it hit harder than Infinity War. You know, they went after like more beloved characters, and especially in the context of. You know, we saw this when we were kids, right? Yeah, I mean, Optimus Prime, he's the hero of this show. He's killed in the movie. Unbelievable. But not, not only that, but, like, in the within the first, like, 15 minutes of the movie, like, oh, man, is there a, can you list all those guys that were killed, like, within the first 15 minutes? Crazy. Yeah, I mean, there were some pretty key Transformers who were killed within, like, the first few minutes. And then to have Optimus yeah. Prime die Walking pretty style. early on, holy yep. shit, shocking. Yeah. Totally shocking. Big deal, right? B- huge deal. But now, not knowing, you know, well, even the creators then, they were like, God, that's stupid. Why would we kill <laughs> our main character? But then looking at it now, the reason why they did that was to, oh, and then we would probably skip this whole thing, is that, like, the original line of Transformers, you know, they were continuously building new characters, yeah. continuously pumping out new toys. But it seemed like the sole purpose of this movie was to kill the original line so they could make way for new toys to, to pump out to kids. Yeah. Well, now we know that's exactly what they were doing, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so that was a little surprising to me. Yeah. So, yeah, I did want to comment on that. So they talked about this animated movie, and they certainly you know, gave it some props. They talked about the death of Starscream as being amazing and a great moment in the history of Transformers and everything. Um, but I almost felt they didn't, they didn't give enough praise for this movie because to me, this animated movie is maybe the best thing ever for Transformers. It's just, it's just a, a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant movie. And they, it was really bold. You know, they killed all these beloved characters and everything. 
and the music is like off the chains unbelievable oh, right yeah yeah the, the, this like 80s, 80s in your face <laughs> yeah 80s hair band music is just like so good um so for me i don't think there was enough praise and they kind of went into this territory that you're alluding to about how it was kind of a mistake to kill optimus prime and like after the movie by killing off all the original transformers it kind of put the franchise in a weird place into and, purgatory yeah in a way and i guess i understand that perspective of it but to kill prime was such a bold move i think it it, it worked i mean for for you know like a, a kids animated movie to do something like that like it's it's like completely unexpected and i think whatever that movie did i, I can't fault them I, the, the final product was was so great i thought you know but uh, that's the thing though like after the movie had aired uh the toy line it uh, like you said it went into this 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 state of um i don't know the excitement just wasn't quite there yeah right there's this new line of toys that they were putting out and the new line of toys wasn't like the original transformers we knew you know yeah yeah um and you can even tell by the way that the those those line of toys transformed it wasn't you know, it wasn't as sophisticated as the original Transformers that had come out. Yeah. Like the points of articulation were, were shorter, and it, it almost seemed like they were just easier to transform. Yeah, I don't know. There was something But missing. also the, the original, the let's see, the, like the creator of, of Transformers at that point had, had stepped down, right? Or not stepped down, but um, wasn't as involved in the, you know, the creating process. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't up until Beast Wars came out that the original creators came back on board and uh, that show had seen some success. Right, right. Yeah, so yeah, after the animated movie, they were sort of searching for answers. Yeah, I guess, you know, they put maybe too much stock in the new characters, like Ultra Magnus, Rodimus Prime, and Galvatron. You know, they just, they just weren't Optimus Prime and Megatron. They just they couldn't live up to that, I guess. So it just didn't quite work. Um, but... I mean, to to say that they shouldn't have killed Prime in the movie, I don't know. Like, I, like I said, I, I wouldn't change like a single frame of that movie. It's just a yeah. masterpiece. No, it's a bold you know? move. It's a it's a bold, strong move. <laughs> Very bold. Which is great. Absolutely. Um, real quick, in the uh, Toys That Made Us episode, they highlighted a couple of things that I'm really glad they highlighted, and that's the the sounds of the show. Right. Like, I think maybe the best part of the cartoons were the sounds. You know, like, number one, first and foremost, the transformation sound effect. Oh, yeah. Iconic. Oh, my God. I actually wish they would have gone into a little more detail about exactly where that came from. But it is (laughs) iconic, and they really recognize that. I'm glad they did. And a lot of people spoke to that, right? They're saying, like, that transformation sound effect Everyone knew it. Everyone tried to imitate it at the time. And that it's like burned in my brain. That's like part of who I am, you know? <laughs> so awesome. I also wanted to call out Soundwave, the fucking dopest voice ever in a cartoon, right? And they called that out too, how dope Soundwave's voice is, right? So that's cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad they, they mentioned those two things. I think it's cool too that Optimus Prime from day one is still the voice actor is still Optimus Prime today. That's right. Peter Cullen, a legend, you know. 
So that's a good segue to the live action movie, right? They did cover these as well, the Michael Bay uh, live action movies in, in the episode. Uh, what did you think about like what they talked about there? I don't remember much of that. <laughs> yeah, you know, they didn't go into I mean, they kind of just of flew over that like yeah. pretty quickly as if they wanted to dismiss it <laughs> because it's not I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's what the original creators had intended for the Transformers. Yeah. Because I mean, well, here's the thing though. Like I Did you like the first Transformers movie? I wasn't a big fan of it. I, and had, I actually I, stopped. I stopped there. I didn't even you watch it. Stopped right there. I mean, yeah. I had zero expectations for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually enjoyed the first Transformers movie. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people did. Yeah, it was fun. And I, I think what tied it in together for me was the voice of of uh, Optimus Prime. Yeah, that's what that's what kept me lured in. I mean, really, that is the lone holdover, right? I don't think these movies really are in the spirit of the original stuff at all really you know they touched upon that a little bit in the episode where i think they talked to some of the japanese guys about it and they were all kind of like it didn't feel like transformers to them they're like the, the robots look a little too humanoid and they were they were round like they felt know, there weren't I, enough yeah. angles or something i know the biggest complaint was optimus prime with uh, with flames oh that came up too yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I know Bumblebee as a Camaro instead of a Volkswagen Beetle. I think the, I think the nice thing though there too. was that they showed they they hinted at that. Like, in the, do you remember how when Shia LaBeouf LaBeouf was originally picking his vehicle, mm-hmm. and uh, there was a Beetle that was parked right next to the Camaro? Oh, I think I remember that. So like that was a nice little nod, a little to, nod to Bumblebee. So a little nod here and there, and of course Peter Cullen voicing Optimus Prime was cool, obviously. Um, But to me, there just wasn't enough. You know, we see this a lot nowadays where, um, you know, superhero adaptations, etc. They're really faithful to the source material. Transformers have felt like, I mean, the live action movies, at least, they feel like they're straying too much. You know, they're they're too different, you know. Um, So that's kind of my take there. And I think the, the episode did touch upon that a little bit. They kind of took their perspective of well the transformers franchise got that big that they had these huge movies released and they were big hits so in the context of that okay there's no questioning that this franchise is huge and they that's where they left it they didn't really dive into like the critical backlash or the fan backlash too much um but i just you know I'm still I'm still waiting for something that feels a little bit more authentic. You think if they you know? recreated the show in movie form, that would resonate more with with diehard Transformer fans? Oh, just kind of do a more straight up adaptation. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Where there's more Transformers, less human. Yeah, that and make these robots look a little more like the original toys. Make them sound like it. I don't think they had that iconic sound effect so much, you know? Um, there's a lot of it that could be closer to the source material, I think. Yeah. You know? So, cool. Well, I don't think we want to spend the whole time talking Transformers, even though, obviously, we could. <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, what did you think about the other three episodes? Uh, Let's see. The Lego one was great. I've seen a number of documentaries on Lego, so not a whole lot of new stuff uh, there. I mean, there's some interesting things that they point out regarding Lego, Mm -hmm. but Lego is just awesome. By the way, they're coming out with their second Lego movie. (laughs) Oh, is that coming out? Yeah, I think the trailer just dropped. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I'm excited for that. I mean, I don't think there's any questioning after the first one was such a big hit that there would eventually be a follow-up. Which, by the way, is the biggest toy company in the world, the biggest toy manufacturer or something. But it's crazy how Lego, like if you combine Mattel and Hasbro together, they still don't meet the the, the amount of money that Lego is making. That's nuts. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, especially considering, as we found in the documentary, that they were on the verge of closing up shop of bankruptcy yeah absolutely yeah. you know but they really turned it around in a big way yeah uh the hello kitty one was really surprising yeah same here i thought it was great you know? yeah i mean i've no i really know nothing about uh hello kitty uh but to see you know to see how it had really humble beginnings to see uh how it has grown into this big cultural thing yeah the term is kawaii mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> It's pretty amazing. Yeah, you know, it really highlights this culture that I think everyone's aware of, but just couldn't put a finger on it or put a name to it. You know, um, like, look, you know, you go to like a Target and you go to the toy section and um, you see action figures, etc. And, you know, we've seen those a long time. But then you also see like... Um, like, uh, you, you, have you noticed Funko has been sort of delving into stuff other than their pops? Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's one line that they're, they're sort of cutesy looking, right? They're called, what, Dorbs or something like that? Dorbs, yeah. And, and that's totally kawaii, right? Like, like, you know, I don't know, 10, 20 years ago, who would have thought anyone would, would want, like, a cute-looking... Iron Man doll, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, it's like get out of here. Like, Iron Man is for boys. They want a, an action figure that looks like, you know, the real Iron Man. Why would they want this like sort of chubby-looking, round, like super deformed? Yeah, deformed, yeah. big head, cute version of him, right? But yeah. you see it everywhere now, and yeah. that, it's exactly what like Hello Kitty brought to the world. You know, they brought this to to light and found that there are a lot of people not just kids who love this stuff that it's okay to be a big macho man and to like like cute little things right (laughs) that's right exactly (laughs) yeah yeah it got into how in japan there was this shift right where they discovered adults loved cutesy stuff too yeah and then it just sort of spread like throughout the world Uh and it really all is from sanrio and hello kitty that's where it all started (laughs) Fascinating stuff, you know, really fascinating. Cool. Hey, what comics are you reading? <laughs> <laughs> well, quick segue. Super, super, I mean, like, comic sauce. Let's talk comics. <laughs> sure. You know, that's a good point. Why not, man? Um, we haven't talked comics a whole lot lately, so, yeah, why not? Um, so, I haven't had the chance to read comics as much uh, as of late, but um, I did want to call out two titles. One I've definitely mentioned before, and that's Kill or Be Killed. Continues to be great. Um, Rue Baker and Phillips, dynamic duo, great team, and uh, 
that story continues to be super gripping. And um, I will say that they did announce that they will be finishing that run pretty oh, soon. It's yeah. coming to an end. Yeah, issue 20 will be uh, the end of Kill or Be Killed, at least for now. Oh. From Brubaker, he mentioned that that'll be the end of the run. Um, he's not closing the door entirely. Like yeah. Maybe he'll continue it later, or maybe there'll be like uh, one shots and that sort of thing. I wonder if it's putting his head in a really dark place. That's why he needs to take a break from it. Yeah, him. maybe. It is a super dark book yeah. for sure. Um, the other one I wanted to mention is Deadly Class. This is another image book yeah. I'm reading right now. So they did announce that there's going to be a sci-fi TV show yeah, for that. Yeah. And Directed that sort of, uh, by the Russo brothers. Yeah, the Russo brothers are, are the creative force behind it. And um, that sort of piqued my interest. I started looking into it a bit. And then, yeah, I started reading the book. Nice. I actually just read the first issue of Deadly Class. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah so I'm, far so good. Um, through six issues. And yeah, I love it. Oh, right yeah, on, man. Yeah, yeah. So how about you? Uh, let's see. So Bendis is on Action Comics. He is on the side of DC. And uh, he's uh, doing some new things with Superman. So I'm excited for that. Uh, spoiler alert: Bruce Wayne and uh, Selena Kyle are getting married, <laughs> oh, <laughs> so that's uh, that's happening. <laughs> yeah, so th- that's what I've been on lately. Right on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what do you think about this huge move for Bendis? I mean, for so long he has been the Marvel guy, and now he's jumped ship. Uh, let's see. What do I think about? It? I mean, I think it's going to be great for for DC. I mean, uh, he's he's gonna make things happen. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. I'm I'm curious why he made that move. I'm curious I'm, why. I'm too. wondering if maybe because maybe because he's he's tapped out at Marvel and because like the movies are pretty much like proceeding and taking over the comics. Maybe he mm-hmm. wants to get back to I don't know back to basics. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, it's not totally unprecedented. I mean, you look at Jack Kirby, all his iconic stuff, or his most iconic stuff is with Marvel, but he did a lot of work for DC. I mean, there's a lot of great things that are happening at DC right now. I know everyone's talking Marvel movies, but there's some really great storylines coming out of DC right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, you look at the comics, and you could argue that DC Comics is dominating right now. Um, I wonder, though, with Bendis, if there isn't, anything a little more controversial involved like was he put in a bad place creatively you have to wonder because he seemed like he had the perfect job you know he was getting to create these awesome characters like miles morales and jessica jones you know like he was really kind of pushing the envelope and and doing cool shit i i have this feeling that because Marvel has seen so much so much success in their you know in their movies that he's seeing DC as an opportunity to 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 be the I don't know to be the Kevin Feige on that side like mm-hmm. he sees there's a there's a clean slate he knows that there's improvements that need to be made um, yeah. and he's he's starting he's starting in the trenches man uh, you know getting in with the characters from pen to paper and I'm pretty sure he's gonna have some involvement in some DC movies down the line that could be. That could very well be. So who knows? You know, that's, uh, that's a good take. Uh, that, you know? That's my opinion. I don't know. I don't think I read. I haven't read that anywhere. I just thought of that now. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, <laughs> I could totally see that. You know, where getting in on the ground floor. Yeah, right? yeah. There, where there's opportunity, you know, they, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I could see that. 
But I'm looking forward to seeing more Superman from Bendis. Right on. Uh, all right. So let's see. I think uh, we're going to call it for this episode. Cool. So this is uh, Rainier and Henry saying farewell. Peace out.